Perak Tezvav Mishnah Yud. Mishnah continues to discuss whether a woman's testimony regarding the death of her relatives would be believed where that affects her status in terms of a mitzvah of Yibam. In this first case, we have a woman who is married and they have no children, nor does her husband have any brothers. And the wife went on a trip with her husband and her in-laws. So this means that uh, as of when she left on this trip, there's a woman who obviously wouldn't be subject to mitzvah yibam, as there is no yavam. Her husband doesn't have a brother. If she comes back from overseas and testifies in Bezdin, Medina Sayam. My mother-in-law had a child, had a son, while overseas. And Amr, she testified further, while overseas, my husband died, and then my Yavam, this new brother born to my husband, died. Or Yavami Vyachakach Mizbali, the order would make a difference here. Her testimony could have been first my Yavam, my husband's new brother died, and then my husband died. It amounts to the same thing, which is that she's saying, you know, in the end, the status here came back full circle and that I do not have a Yavam. My husband has died and we had no children, but I do not have a Yavam and therefore the mitzvah is not applicable to me. The Mishnah rules that Menes, her testimony in this case, is believed. For just like in the previous Mishnayos, so here we have a case where her status as of when she left was that she is not a person who will be subject to a mitzvah yibam, should her husband die. She did relate something in her testimony that might have changed that. She told us the Yavam was born, but she then added that that Yavam eventually died. So that in the end, her testimony is not running up against the last known status. Therefore, it is believed, and Bezdin would permit her to get remarried. The mission now discusses, let's say, the last time we checked, we know that this woman's husband has a brother. And The woman went overseas with her husband and his brother, her Yavam. So that means that her status as of when she left was that she is a person who will be subject to mitzvah in the event her husband dies. Upon her return, Amr, she testifies, My husband died, my Yavam died as well. Or she testifies, First my Yavam died, then my husband, the order wouldn't make a difference here. Her testimony is that both her husband and her Yavam died. And thus she should be free to remarry, there's no mitzvah yibam that has to be taken care of first because there is no yavam. He has died, is her testimony. The Mishnah rules, Ina Nemenes. She is not believed. The last time we checked, she has a yavam. We know that their husband had a brother. And so her testimony goes against the previously known status. She's not believed. Now, this ruling should give us pause because, of course, the Rabbanon enacted a special dispensation that recognizes the hardship of a woman remaining in Iguna, unable to remarry. Rabban therefore said, if a woman testifies her husband died, we believe that testimony. So seemingly, by the same token, the rabbinic leniency should be applicable here, and that we should believe this woman. If she says her yavim died, we should believe her. Mishum Iguna. Because if she's not believed, then that risks that she'll remain stuck as in Iguna forever, meaning we will never permit her to remarry. As we will continue to suspect, maybe the Yavim is alive out there. Therefore, this is a woman who is Yavam Lashuk. She's biblically forbidden to get remarried without the benefit of Yibmer Chalitza from the Yavam. So, why isn't her testimony that the Yavim died believed just like her testimony that her husband has died is accepted? 
The Mishnah explains, The Mishnah just states the ruling, which is, she is not believed to testify that her Yavm has died. The Mepharshim explain, the Rabbanan were concerned that she might perhaps just dislike her Yavam. The prospect of having to marry her Yavam is not something that she is pleased about at all, so we're concerned that she might fabricate this, that her Yavam has died. The Rambam adds another reason that the prohibition at stake here of Yavam Lashok is not as severe as, of course, the prohibition of adultery. So maybe she won't take it as seriously. She'd be willing to lie. So for one of those two reasons, the Rabbanan did not extend their leniency to this issue of whether the Yavam is still alive. They do not believe the Yavama to say that her Yavam has died. Nevertheless, when two witnesses can be produced, that in fact the Yavam has died, she will not be permitted to remarry. The Misha adds other cases where no leniency applies. We don't believe the person to say this person has died. As the Misha says, Nor is a woman believed to testify, My sister has died, for us to then permit her to marry her supposedly late sister's husband. For the halach is that upon the death of a man's wife, he's allowed to marry her sister. The Misha rules, That fact cannot be established on the basis of the wife's sister. And that's simply because there is no sense of urgency here. The whole idea of the leniency is if we don't relax the rules of evidence, there's a good chance this woman will remain in Iguna, meaning unable to marry anyone ever. That's not what we're dealing with here. The woman testifying, of course, doesn't have to marry the man who is married to her sister. There's plenty of other fish in the sea. So the rules of evidence are not relaxed here. We would require two witnesses to establish that the woman, the subject of the testimony, has died. Okay, if two witnesses testify, then fine. The sister of the deceased woman would then be permitted to her sister's widower. Another case where the witness is not believed. This man is not believed to testify. My brother has died so that we should not permit him to proceed with the mitzvah yibam to go ahead and marry his supposedly late brother's wife. In this case, we're concerned that maybe he is fabricating this testimony because he's interested in marrying his brother's wife. Nor is a man believed to testify, my wife has died, so that we should permit him to marry her sister, for there's certainly no need to relax the rules of evidence in this case. He obviously doesn't have to marry his wife's sister. So here too, that fact will not be established unless we have regular full testimony to witnesses who testify to that effect.